teams had a big week, consoles were announced, and bandwidth is getting cut. Welcome back, friends. It is the end of March, the 20th to be specific. It has been another wild and crazy week across the internet. Um, a lot of, actually, significant amount of announcements this week, surprisingly. We have everything from um, the, the consoles being announced to Microsoft announcing stuff to Apple putting out new hardware. And so we are going to dive in. And as always, at the end, I will dive up into your questions and we will dig through all that. But first, uh, this podcast is sponsored by Microsoft 365, the modern workplace. Microsoft is pushing out a lot of good stuff stuff lately. We'll be talking about some of that on this podcast here with Teams, uh, but you should go check it out. There's a link down below and uh, we'll have a little bit more on that at the end as well. So uh, this week, uh, Teams announced that it has 44 million daily active users. Now, if you're not familiar with Teams, it is the chat communication application that Microsoft launched three years ago this week. And actually, Microsoft is saying that they added 12 million new users in the past seven days. So they initially came out with a press embargo and said, hey, here's a figure and all that stuff. And then late, uh, right before the embargo lifted, they said, hey, actually, we have an update. There's 12 million new people. And basically, all the work from home ex uh, experiences and scenarios are coming to fruition and people are rolling out teams uh, Microsoft actually said they had one customer roll out 66,000 new users in about uh, four or five days and so teams is growing at a crazy rate for Microsoft and that is part of that uh, Microsoft 365 little bundle of pod podcast products and services and so uh, teams is being used <laughs> at a crazy rate. Uh, Microsoft also announced an interesting feature this week for Teams. It's called noise suppression. And so I'm really hoping that this comes to Xbox. What this allows is like, hey, say you have somebody on your call and they are crinkling a bag of chips. Uh, the, using AI and all those good features that Microsoft has built into the backend, it can actually suppress that noise. And so that you don't hear the person eating chips realistically you shouldn't be eating chips on a on a video call anyways just to be kind and courteous but microsoft now has the ability to suppress that background noise so that will be helpful for people especially who are taking calls out in the real world or if they're in a coffee shop and there's background noise and then it can suppress that it'd be really nice really really nice if they could bring that to xbox live as well to drown out all that vacuuming and dogs barking and everything else in the background or again people eating chips while playing xbox live so that is there uh slack also announced actually that they added seven thousand new customers around the same time frame as microsoft adding a bunch of teams users and also zoom which is a video communication app has been at the top of the play store and um ios for uh, about a week, if it might even be longer now at this point. And so those applications are getting a lot of use being uh, tested very heavily. It's actually been a problem in Europe where uh, I believe it was YouTube and Netflix are saying that they are going to be cutting their streaming quality in those regions because of the bandwidth that is being used. It's actually overloading some of the local uh, infrastructure. Actually, there was an issue with Teams earlier in the week as well in Europe where people couldn't log on. I believe it was all tied to this bandwidth usage issue in Europe. So kind of interesting to see how things are going here. Uh, Windows 10 also is getting some new UI faceless, maybe. So what happened was is Panos uh, posted a video up onto his Instagram that showed off kind of, it was built by the team at Microsoft to celebrate that they have now have 1 billion uh, monthly active users of Windows 10, which is great. But they showed off sort of the evolution of Windows 10 since its beginning uh, up to today. And it showed off some new things, including a new file explorer, uh, there are new context menus and also an updated start menu that has a less color emphasis for live tiles. Now, 
The one thing I will caveat with all of this is that we've seen videos like this from Microsoft in the past and like that future looking stuff never sometimes really materializes in the way that it, it looks. Um, but this is definitely showing off new features. I don't know if it was intentional or accidental or whatever um, because it why Panos doesn't usually announce things on his Instagram like that. Microsoft would typically push that up through like a proper channel. Uh, but anyway, so that video is out there and, and floating around and you can go take a look at what those features are gonna look like. It's just a more modern-ish modern look, if you will, at what is going on. Speaking of Windows 10, Microsoft announced that Windows 10 version 1709 will be extended from April. It's supposed to expire in April to October. Obvious reasons here, IT, IT shops are under a lot of pressure at the moment and saying, hey, while you're doing all this, you also, you also need to upgrade your version of Windows 10 doesn't float so well. So Microsoft is extending uh, support for 1709 into October, which is a good thing. On the Apple side of life, Apple announced uh, new, uh, a new iPad Pro. Uh, they announced updated Mac minis. They also uh, are rolling out a new MacBook Air with the better keyboard, getting rid of that old butterfly switch junk that they had. And yeah, so it's interesting timing. Obviously, I bet Apple was planning to have an event because they have all this stuff lined up and then they just kind of tossed it out there because, well, nobody's having events. Apple stores aren't even open right now. Funny little tidbit is that in their press release, it actually said, hey, come to the store and you can buy one today. Well, obviously you can't do that. The one thing that is worth pointing out on the iPad Pro is that they now have a smart cover keyboard, which is very expensive. It actually costs more than an Xbox One X and it has a trackpad. So what are we getting out of this? Apple is finally adding trackpad slash mouse support to iPad OS, which has been a long time coming, which pretty much validates that the Microsoft Surface was the right form factor. And that is where Apple is headed um, with their products. Now, the other interesting thing is effectively you take an iPad Pro and you put that on there, uh, the smart cover keyboard on there, and it turns it into a laptop. Apple's now selling two laptops right and they have the ipad pro with that keyboard and then they also have the mac macbook air or the whole macbook line effectively uh two laptops two different os's just something to kind of think about there so kind of interesting stuff and uh, yeah let's let's dive into the gaming news because there's been a lot of it but i'm not gonna hit everything one of the big things announced uh this week aside from the consoles is that directx 12 is coming uh, and they're rebranding or they're adding features and they're going to be calling it directf 12's Direct X 12 Ultimate did a video on that yesterday with a little bit deeper dive if you want to check that out. But this is going to be huge for uh, cross-platform gaming for PC and Xbox Series X. I can't underscore how important this is going to be for developers to make it easier to port their games across PC and Xbox because effectively it's one architecture that they can use and target with DirectX 12 Ultimate. And so Microsoft is hoping that by bundling these two together at the hip that it's also going to increase the adoption of DirectX 12U, which is what I'm calling a DX. 12 u because it's a lot easier to say that um, because once the consoles start going out every console that goes out will support that feature set so any game developer targeting this the series x should build for that feature set and then it'll also port extremely easily back over to the pc so that is really really cool um, we obviously we got the deep dive specs from playstation and xbox this week big announcements on the console side one thing i want to point out there's there's a lot of talk obviously comparing the two consoles and no matter what any way you slice it pretty much the xbox series x is going to be more powerful yes we'll talk about the storage here in a second but it is going to be more powerful it has more teraflops it has more compute units in the gpu um, roughly the same amount of ram and storage and that stuff but what i want to point out here is on the ray tracing side i think there's a big difference because the xbox series x has 44 percent more ray tracing hardware than the PlayStation 5. Now, if you went back and looked at the Digital Foundry deep dive into the Series X, they talked about how intensive 
how intensive it is to do proper ray tracing support. And Microsoft went all in to be able to enable all of this functionality. What I'm getting at here is not only will the graphics look better on the Series X because they have more compute units um, just from a raw teraflops power, but ray tracing is also more than likely going to look significantly better as well because Microsoft, again, has more compute units dedicated to ray tracing than the PlayStation 5. Now, the one thing that PlayStation 5 does have that is appearing to best that of the Xbox Series X is faster storage. But I, I, I'm not totally sold on this. I don't want to undersell the value that Sony has a really cool custom uh, solid state drive. But again, so does Microsoft. But people are thinking that Microsoft just went to the shelf, grabbed a part, and then just put it in there. If that was true, then they would have true swappable components much closer to what actually Sony is allowing. Instead, you're going to have to buy that ex the expandable card, which who knows what that's going to cost, but it's because it's custom architecture. Yes, the PlayStation 5 is past faster, but you got to remember at one point, Microsoft was also touting they had this like ERAM or EROM feature. I think it's for the Xbox 360, and developers never took took advantage of those specific functionalities because it makes porting your games back and forth between different devices a pain in the butt. What I'm getting at here is that the companies that are going to take advantage of the, the, the fringe benefits or the edge case or the margin scenarios where the PlayStation has that edge and only in storage are only going to be first party titles. So any third party title is more than likely going to go for that baseline feature set and that way they can move it back and forth. Because you got to remember, Sony is doing something different than Microsoft. Microsoft, I, I really do think has the right approach here. They are going with with locked speeds, locked rates, locked everything. So it's a stable and consistent performance uh, baseline. And, and that's it. Sony is allowing for variable, variable um, uh, megahertz, variable rates and all that good stuff, which is fine. That's closer to what we see more in the PC architecture world. But but it doesn't mean that you get a stable, consistent performance. Also, the, the T-Flops performance that came out of Sony was 10.3 something like that or whatever. But that is, again, when it's boosting, when the clock speed is being boosted up, which is not sustainable because of heat. And it's just not, if it was sustainable, that would just be the norm, right? If, if the shortcut was easy, it would just be called the way, right? If this boost clock was easy and sustainable, that would just be the frequency. Sony's actual T-Flops were probably, I think the leaks were saying about 9.2, which that feels about right once you subtract out what the boost clock is. So the, the, the gap between what Microsoft and Sony can do is significant. Now, they also have 16 gigs of RAM. I think it's like 12 gigs addressable or something like that. That is more than, more than enough for modern game development, at least at this time, which is going to mitigate the actual speed differences from the solid state drive. So I don't expect... What I'm not expecting, at least yet, is that games are going to be streaming like we like we are thinking, like with xCloud or something like that, from the storage medium. It's still going to go through the RAM. Like it's not, Sony didn't drop in a terabyte of extra RAM. That's not what they did. And so, nor did Microsoft for that matter. I'm not saying that Microsoft did. Um, so just keep all that in mind. Uh, I, I need to do like a much closer look here at the actual specs and see where the better differences are, but we will do that here in an upcoming video. So questions of the week, lots going on here. Refreshing the thread. I always tweet that out at uh, BDSams on Twitter, and then I post a link over on threat.com. So we are going to dive in here with about a dozen questions or so. It says, hi, uh, Team56 says, hi Brad, have you heard about when Microsoft plans to officially launch, launch xCloud? Will it coincide, coincide uh, with the Series X launch? I believe that is the target. I believe that is the target for general availability with holiday of 2020 this year. Realistically, Microsoft could make it go live whenever they want, but considering we don't have 
we still only have what halo the master chief collection available on ios there's still some work to be done so i'm not expecting it to be launched here anytime soon i would expect again they're going to have a big holiday push would make the most sense uh useman with a handful of questions here he says are the new intel chips on neo's intel's answer to arm they seem to follow the same big little architecture that arm uses what happens to windows on arm if these if these Intel chips deliver similar performance and battery life. So Intel is effectively trying to copy the ARM playbook where they would have what they call big little cores and you can offload compute to the right core depending on what the what the what what is going on with the system at the time. If you need more performance, if you need more better battery life. Anyways, so what is going to happen to ARM? I don't think anything. ARM has a very significant lead in this performance, cat performance, this long longevity of battery life uh, comparisons. ARM typically outperforms Intel. Intel has been trying, Intel has been trying to scale down to what ARM has been able to do for years. I wrote an editorial, I think it was no joke, like five, six years ago. I said that there was a race between Intel trying to scale down and ARM trying to scale up. ARM kept with its battery saving ways and was trying to scale up. Intel is trying to keep with its powerful ways, but scale down so they can get longer battery life. It's been a race. And we're starting to see an inflection where the two are crossing paths, where Intel might be able to get into that arena. Microsoft is not planning to move away from ARM. Microsoft needs that third architecture because they have Intel, they have AMD, and they need ARM companies making products because ARM is truly going to be the long-tailed future. Intel and AMD are not going away. I'm not trying to insinuate that at all. And they will always have the highest end performance stuff, but ARM is gaining in popularity and Microsoft is not going to abandon um, that. Uh, he says, next question. Currently xCloud uh, consists on the Xbox One S motherboards and a server blade. So fun fact about that, Microsoft actually started, and you can see this in the video that they did this week. They initially started with, I believe it was four Xbox One S blades in the, the server rack. They have now upped that to eight. They've been able to figure out how to cram even more in there. So now they've doubled the capacity of each server blade for xCloud. Pretty big deal, pretty big deal. Uh, and he says, Stadia and NVIDIA use traditional blades with CPUs and GPUs. Will the future of xCloud start using Xbox Series X motherboards or will they use traditional PC hardware? They will, I believe their intent is to actually use Xbox Series X motherboards Keep that in mind that Xbox Series X is extremely close to a, a traditional PC. It's not, it's not all that different anymore. There's a couple of reasons why I believe they're going to do this. One, if they're putting those blades into xCloud and they're also putting them into consoles, that means they can buy more chips from uh, AMD, which also means that they get the economies of scale at buying at that bulk level, which means they can help lower the initial price of the CPU coming off the line. So that is why I believe that they are going to do that. Um, and it says, after the Series X reveal, it is shown that the motherboard is split into I.O. and compute boards. Is that design choice make it easier to put the Series X compute into server blades where the parts of the board isn't necessarily? I was wondering this too. Microsoft didn't explicitly say, but they have a split motherboard design, which isn't, again, all that unusual these days. Um, that is, it happens. It, 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 there's requirements or reasons that that design exists. Now, what they've done is it looks like they've taken the pieces that don't make sense to go into this, the servers and just put them on a separate board. I was thinking that too, that they will just be able to remove that and make it the process a lot easier. We don't know yet, but I, I suspect that you are right. And then secondly, could this be an additional manufacturing advantage cost-saving measure for when you try to bring out Lockhart or a mid-gen refresh? Um, Potentially, so what he's saying here is if you have all the I.O. on one board, then all the compute effectively on another, if you only have to rev one board, does that make it more cost effective? Hard to tell, hard to tell. I don't know enough about the supply pipeline yet for Microsoft to determine whether or not that is going to be an actual thing. It seems like it should be, but I could see them also revving the, if they have to rev the I.O. board and the baseboard, 
it could potentially cost them more. I'm not sure yet. That one's still, the jury's still out on that one. And then his final question is the streaming only console canceled? Well, I don't think it's, so there's been, it's been very hard to keep track of this because there was at one point a streaming stick and then they had, then Lockhart's been floating around and then I'm almost positive those wires got crossed. The streaming only console would, I don't think console is probably the best way to describe it. I think it's going to be more of like a stick or an app that you can download for your TV because you think about it, why would they need a streaming console only now that they have iOS and Android streaming working very, very well. So there you go. Uh, you Fallen says, where's 2004? Now, he's referring to a specific build of Windows 10. I believe it's going to be the spring release is going to be known as 2004, uh, 2004, I should say. Uh, my workplace has been heavily, heavily focusing on Docker over the last couple of years. We're a small web dev, and so Windows WSL2 and Docker go a long way for allowing us to move development to home PCs all that good stuff. So uh, I don't, we don't quite know. Now we got to look at a little bit past history. Two, 2004 more than likely may not arrive until late May or early June. Cause remember they're now on the Azure cycle for releasing. They're not necessarily on their own. Uh, so we're still a bit away considering it's called 2004 and we're not even in the fourth month of the year yet. You're, you're going to be waiting a little bit longer. You got to remember Microsoft is really slowing this stuff down. Um, they're not trying to cram everything they can in anymore because of the, well, they got burnt on it a couple times. So, uh, in Dijomar, I think is how he, in DJ Mar, I bet's how you pronounce this. Uh, we haven't heard about Lockhart this week, which is weird because GDC week, and I feel like Lockhart is going to be an important asset to the Xbox generation, and yet there's no information about it at all. You're very right. Uh, it hasn't been in the leaks that actually reported the Series X specs. Uh, what do you think is going on with it? So uh, I continue to hear that Lockhart is a thing. I believe they're going to be starting in-home trials here in the near future is the last that I heard. Um, and if you want to look for more evidence that Lockhart actually is the correct code name, I did a thing earlier this week which shows how on the board uh, Microsoft etched an Anaconda. So we know that Anaconda is the accurate name, not Scarlet, which means that Lockhart name was accurate and is a thing. Um, I'm not exactly sure when we're going to be hearing about it, but again, it's a much lower it's a much lower clocked uh, or performance um board right or a box i think it's i think was it four teraflops that they were targeting or maybe it was six somewhere around there but it's significantly less than what the anaconda is going to sell for because anaconda they had to go all out remember that can you imagine if microsoft came out and said hey our box isn't as fast as the playstation so not only does playstation have sales lead which they dominated this generation two to one um, but they also have a faster box they, that was not a, a scenario that microsoft wanted to go into they needed high quality marketing from a hardware perspective which is why they went all out and that's why I expect that the Series X to be quite expensive. Now, the Series S, which we're all assuming it'll be called, uh, will be much less expensive, probably equal to or less than that of the PlayStation 5. It's got to be less if it, if it has lower performance characteristics. So I still think it's in the cards. I haven't heard anything to say that it has been completely whitewashed off of the agenda yet. Um, if anybody's heard differently, I'd love to know. Um, but keep that in mind that it's still, it's still floating out there. Uh, as long as it's DirectX 12U, compatible, which I expect that it will be, it shouldn't be a big issue, too big of an issue for developers. So what you might be getting here is just significantly improved frame rate and resolution on the Series X, which would make sense. You could get 4K 60 frames per second. And then uh, on the Series S, you're getting 1080p or 1440p at 60 frames per second, um, which all seems completely plausible based on the architecture that they have designed. Uh, Carl says, 
Let's see here. Given the need for many to work from home, what equipment do you use for video switching between feeds? Is this a setup appropriate for remote meeting presence? So the software that I use to switch between feeds on this uh, on this box is called XSplit. And then I actually have a little number pad right here. And so I can just press different buttons and then it'll switch the camera views or the video feeds. Can you use it for, if you want, for like if you're using Teams or Slack or, or Zoom, I should say, it works. All it does is it takes this video feed that's coming in from this camera and then it just switches it to whatever feed I want. And so can you use it for it? Yeah, it's a little bit overkill, but if you're doing a lot of videos and you want that really high quality uh, switching desktops and type maneuver, you can. It's, XSplit is not very expensive. There's also uh, Open Broadcast OBS, I believe, Open Broadcast Service or software um, that is free that will also do it. It's a little bit, I, I prefer XSplit personally only because I know it better. I know there's some OBS people that are very diehard on that and, um, you know, let you should give it a shot if that's your thing. If you're switching cameras or switching views that much, go for it. It's very easy to set up and use. Um, it's probably overkill though for 99% of people. Uh, Thrustspark, it says, uh, it's clear that the full advantage of the Velocity API, and Microsoft is referring to Velocity architecture for Xbox for their SSD, uh, will virtually require fully developing games around its capabilities. But if you do that, how will these games work on older Xboxes? So he's, his point here is that if you build for the new Xbox Series X and you, you, specific, and you specify the APIs for uh, the new Xbox Velocity architecture. And I think that's probably where the confusion is. And I don't have all the answers here yet. Is that are those APIs specific to Velocity or are they specific to DirectX 12? Because there's a difference there. Uh, DirectX 12, I believe they could make it backwards compatible to the original or the Xbox One X at least. Microsoft has already talked about how games will be cross compatible, but we can't. they can't say that for every game going forward. What I suspect is that the initial batch of games, much like any console generation, are going to use a little bit of A, a little bit of B, if that makes sense. They're going to be split between the two architectures and that's why they will end up working on both consoles. Uh, we don't know the full story yet about how developers are building for both, but you'd have to think that if you're launching a game in 2020, um, you wanna support next generation, but you're gonna get most of your sales on current generation. That's just kind of the way it shakes out. So it'll be interesting. It says, is Microsoft's first start party studios making two different versions of the game? I don't think it's two different versions. I think there might be, well, that, that's wrong. Um, there might be two different versions. You're right, but I don't think I don't think the underlying changes are that significant. That it's a significant overhead to support both. Uh, and this is further hap furthermore, what happens when you take Halo Infinity on an external hard drive and move it from your Xbox One X to Series X? Does it upgrade the SSD on SSD only version? This is a good question. So let's let's pretend that you're playing on Xbox One X, and then in two years from now you buy a Series X and you bring that game with you. What happens when it goes from the Xbox One X version to the Series X. I believe Microsoft said that it will go ahead and download the new assets and upgrade the game to that Series X version automatically. I believe Microsoft said that. So don't quote me on that, but I believe that is what will happen is that you will then get that new version of the game. Now, the question becomes what happens if you went back and say, hey, wanted to play the Xbox One X? I don't, we don't quite know the answer there yet. It's a good question though. Uh, Felipe says, uh, hi Brad, hope you're happy and healthy. Uh, likewise as well, my man. Uh, two questions about the Series X. I saw Digital Foundry video about the parts of the console and looked very easy to mount and unmount the console. Do you think Microsoft will do something similar we saw with the Surface Up 2X and be able to upgrade eventually the internal components? So I, I 
no, I don't think that they are going to do like that swappable component thing. I, that's my personal intuition. You got to remember when you go look at what Digital Foundry did, uh, I think Microsoft actually built the console that way because I believe it was being held together with magnets and there's no way this thing is shipping with magnets. It's probably going to be screwed. That would increase the cost. Not to mention magnets plus computer components, not a good idea. So I don't think that it's going to be um, like swappable like in that. And it says, do you think it'll be possible to use a Bluetooth headphone with the Series X in case not? Why don't they add this since making it makes a lot of sense? I haven't heard. Um, actually, the last I heard was that it didn't have Bluetooth. And so they were working on a different solution that potentially might connect directly to the controller. I don't quite know yet. It really should support Bluetooth because that would make life a lot easier. Uh, an old Amiga user says, with addition of Skype integration, do you think BWW will take another stab at Teams? Yes, absolutely. Those steps are already being taken. And I can actually even point you to some public proof that that is happening. I was chatting with Tony Redmond yesterday, who writes for us over on Petri, helping us navigate some of the migration issues. And he actually wrote a post up about that. And lastly, Finley says, wild speculation, but do you think Microsoft is developing a specialty Android phone that may take, on, take the opportunity to put regular Android handsets if the Neo and Duo uh, to put out a regular Android handset if the Neo and Duo, I get the names confused, is not a complete failure. So his idea here is that if Neo and Duo don't become great, huge successes, would they put out just a traditional Android phone? I don't think so. One, uh, Microsoft has kind of let that ship sail. Two, the margins in that arena are very, very bad. And so Microsoft isn't going to be able to come in and, and just make a ton of money and charge a premium for a handset. That that ship has sailed. And two, I don't, I'm not quite sure I would know what the advantage is. They already have the Microsoft launcher, so you can effectively turn any Android phone into what they would ship anyways. And so Microsoft taking the, the bet or and making the investment to have to build hardware to be able to include the launcher that you can already put on a phone that already exists using chipsets from Qualcomm that already exist in other devices, it would be hard for them to make a differentiator, which is why they're trying Android or uh, Neo and Duo. So we will see. We will see. Good question though. All right, everybody, that wraps it up for this week. Again, this show has been sponsored by Microsoft 365 in the modern workplace. You can go check out that link below and learn a lot more about what they're doing to make you a little bit more productive. And we'll catch all of you right back here next time.